Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we take a look back at the decisive 2021 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers as Comoros and the Gambia qualified for the first time, but South Africa and DR Congo failed to make it. While Nigeria sailed through to the finals, we speak to Super Eagles defender William Troost Ekong, who could be heading into the English Premier League with his club Watford second in the English Championship. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're almost there. Like you said, we're, we still have eight games to go. So, um, yeah, 24 points that are still up there for grabs, so it won't be easy. That's coming shortly, plus in the English Premier League, Stuart on Sergio Aguero leaving Manchester City. Well, what an exciting time it was with the last two rounds of 2021 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers being played in the space of a few days. Great celebrations as Comoros and the Gambia qualified for the first time. And for Malawi, making it for a third time, Mauritania twice in a row and Guinea-Bissau three times in a row now. On the other hand, DR Congo and South Africa failed to qualify and football returned to Libya after a seven-year absence due to the security situation. Oh, so much to talk about there, Ida. It really has been an interesting last two rounds of Afghan qualifiers, Steve. And football returning to Libya after seven years. Well, you know, even if they didn't manage to qualify... I think the simple fact that they're able to enjoy their football again at home is really just everything, you know, because for those seven years, Libya played its home matches either in Egypt or Tunisia. And don't forget, Steve, that Libya was supposed to host the 2013 Afghan, but, you know, that was in and around the same time that everything had gone south for the country. So it really, really is a big deal. And it's great that there is ceasefire. And hopefully with the new government, it can continue. It will be great for the football, you know, since their Premier League already resumed in January. Uh, Steve, unfortunate for Madagascar not to make it for back-to-back Afghans. I mean, they just absolutely wowed at that last edition, which was their maiden one, you know, getting to the quarterfinals. Uh, but look, hopefully one of the newbies can pull off a similar or better feat. You never know, you know. Comoros fans celebrating in the streets and, you know, huge credit to their coach Amir Abdu. Steve Abdu has been at the helm since 2014 and has really tried to professionalize the game. You know, there were reports that, you know, just four years before that in 2010, there was just one player in the Comoros national team who plied their trade outside the country. So we can see that there have been huge developments. And Steve, another moment was uh, Sudan and Ethiopia qualifying for the first time in several years, you know, and a massive moment uh, despite despite the fact that Ethiopia's last game was overshadowed, you know, by Ghanaian center referee Charles Bulu, who collapsed towards the end of that match. Fortunately, though, reports show that he is in a stable condition in hospital and is recovering. Yes, so that was good to hear. And, uh, well, the qualifiers haven't actually finished as the game between Sierra Leone and Benin didn't take place as Benin pulled out. One of those cases where some are alleging that we're seeing the weaponization of COVID-19 in African football, something we talked about a few weeks ago on the show, Ida. 
Well, Steve, it wouldn't be African football if it lacked drama, <laughs> you know. And CAF uh, have postponed the fixture between Sierra Leone and Benin. That will be played during the June international window. Now, that match was supposed to have been played on 30th March. Clearly didn't happen. So basically, Benin refused to play after they were informed by the Sierra Leonean FA that five of their starting players had tested positive for coronavirus. Now, this is something that uh, Benin disputed heavily, saying that, look, they had tested their own players and those results were negative. So Sierra Leone has contested this decision by CAF, you know, stating that they should be given all three points due to the clauses that surround failing to report for a match. You know, that's basically a walkover. And a lot rides on this one, Steve, as this will be the game that determines the last team to secure a slot for the 2022 Nations Cup. I think bigger than this one case, Steve, is the fact that we've seen COVID-19 being weaponized in African football. And I know it's a novel virus, as has been the term, but I think that novel solutions need to be found because, you know, this is becoming more and more rampant. Now, should CAF perhaps select, you know, neutral testing partners in the host countries, Maybe that's a solution because, sure, the Afghan qualifiers are done, but then the World Cup qualifiers will be upon us. Yes, big controversy there and so many allegations we're hearing of weaponization of COVID-19 in African football. But here's the Sierra Leone Football Association head of media, Ibrahim Kamara, denying any foul play. First of all, burning officials accusing us of, of sabotage is, is, is an insult. That is how we see it, and we take a very great exception to that. Um, it is very clear that um, uh, the Benin national team was never ready to play the match on the 30th. The rule says if they refuse to play, you know, they are supposed to forfeit the point. We feel we've been treated unfairly. We feel um, the decision taken by CAF is not in line with the statute, and it is something that we're going to sternly challenge. Well, so we'll keep on following that story. And let's hear from the Gambia. Before those last two games in qualifying, we heard from Lamin Sane. He's a fan and coach of Gambian second division side Falcons. He sent us an update before the Scorpions qualified, and this one after they made it for the first time. 25th of March um, will be a historic day that um, Gambians will forever cherish for the fact that um, after 62 years, after six decades of waiting, Gambia have break the jinx of qualifying to continental football under the guidance of um, Thompson Feet. People from all walks of life are celebrating this monumental feat the Scorpions have achieved. So a great moment, a great feeling, and even the president of the country who is in a holiday at his home village, um, have to phone in to send his congratulatory messages. And it's extraordinary scenes. It's an achievement that is also dedicated to our fallen heroes, legendary figures um, that have um, played for Gambian national team. So once more, congratulations to the Scorpions and all the football-loving people of the smiling coast of Africa. <laughs> and uh, congratulations again to all listeners in the Gambia. Uh, so the Scorpions qualified as group winners, while some other teams benefited by qualifying as runners-up, with the Africa Cup of Nations now expanded from 16 to 24 teams. Uh, some are saying it's too easy to qualify now, Ida, but uh, you can't exactly say that to South Africa and DR Congo, can you? 
And you can't say that to any of the, you know, quote unquote, big East African nations either, Steve. <laughs> you know, because look, look at Uganda, Tanzania and Kenya, you know, granted, none of them are really football powerhouses per se, you know, but still they were all there at the last edition and now nothing, you know. As for South Africa, well, it has since fired coach Molefin Tseki for not qualifying for the Nations Cup. And, you know, especially after getting to the quarters in that last edition, though, of course, that was under Stuart Baxter. And about the Gambia, well, it's huge for them. And we saw them extend the head coach's contract by another five years, though some reports saying that this had been agreed upon long before that historic feat. So, Steve, we await the AFCON draw that will be on June 25th, now confirmed, with focus shifting to the main tournament next year. Indeed, looking forward to the finals already. Now, Nigeria finished top of Group A with four wins and two draws to qualify comfortably, and the Super Eagles played their first competitive game in Lagos in 20 years as they beat Lesotho 3-0 in their last game. Now, William Troost Ekong captained the side there. He spoke to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Akaleji about his football and his faith as a follower of Jesus. Ekong plays as a defender for Watford, who are second in the English Championship and are set for a return to the English Premier League. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're almost there. Like you said, we're, we still have eight games to go. So, um, yeah, 24 points that are still up there for grabs, so it won't be easy. Um, but I think I've always made decisions in my career uh, which I believed in and uh, not necessarily what other people thought uh, was the right for me. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this will work out to be uh, another good decision. Um, but I think from the start I always envisioned this, so I'm uh, yeah, very happy to, uh, to have got so far. Um, but, yeah, we still need to do a little bit more to make sure um, yeah, we get the job done. Over the last years, you and I have been talking on this show, talking about ballers in Christ. Um, are you guys still in touch? I mean, for the pandemic, it must be a really good time for all of you to get together. Yeah, um, ballers in God is still uh, growing. Uh, there's uh, so many uh, different players involved. Um, I know here from camp, Joe Arribo is part of it as well. And uh, um, yeah, it's always a very good course. I think anything that has fellowship and um, is supportive in this time in, um, can be uh, yeah, a big thing during this pandemic. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, this pandemic has really brought everyone closer. Um, and even though we we don't see as much, uh, each other as much, you spend a lot more time checking in on on the family and friends and seeing how they're doing. So um, yeah, we have to try and see the positive side as well. Ballers in good. Not just that alone. I mean, you also give part of your salary to um, the less privileged in terms of the common goal thing and all that. How important is it for you to give back? I never give anything uh, to try and get anything in return. But um, I think in my life, I've just uh, felt that whenever um, I've been generous and helped people in need, there's been other moments in time where I feel like, um, yeah, other people have helped me and uh, and, and helped me along. So, um, yeah, I think it's very important. And, um, yeah, I've got enough for, for me and the people around me. So I have to, um, yeah, think about other people and uh, not try and be too selfish. Finally, your journey is taking you from London, Norway, you've gone Belgium, Turkey, Syria, now in the English Championship. When you look at your life, I mean, God's had a purpose and, you know, part of this trip for you. Yeah, I think um, I think my, my life is probably a testimony of, of God and uh, how it works. And, um, yeah, I think all the things that um, I'm fortunate enough to do now and enjoy um, are better than anything that I prayed of, prayed for years ago. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, I try never to, um, 
shape or plan my life too much because uh, every time I've done that, those things have been exceeded by God. So I've been very fortunate. Um, yeah, and I uh, just keep trying to keep my head down and keep working hard. Yeah, and the next thing that um, probably is closest for us to achieve will be the, the Premier League. Um, so yeah, if that's my time and if that's my fate, then it will happen. Um, so yeah, I'll just keep working hard for that. That's Nigeria defender William Truesdekong speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Akaleji. Well, Ekong spoke there about Ballers for God, a group of footballers who are followers of Jesus. And in an interview that we had with Ekong back in 2018, he told us more about Ballers for God and his faith. I read the Bible, I pray, uh, I have a, a Bible study, I'm a part of a group called Ballers in God, it's a group of players all over Europe, we come together once a week on Skype and uh, we pray and talk about uh, the scripture and different teachings and uh, yeah, I think for me the main thing where it helps me to stay calm and stay focused and uh, yeah, and stay humble, so that's, those are the things that I, you know, I live by, so it's, it's a very big impact on my life as well. It's strange for us to hear that professional footballers coming together to form a Christian group where they talk about. I mean, what 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 really do you do? What, what do you guys do? Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, we we have a prayer every month. We have one session where we just it's just prayer. Uh, but then the rest of the time, you know, we, uh, we we read the Bible together. We talk about our experiences. We uh, try and sh- share in that sense, and uh, yeah, and, and trying to get some more disciples. So this the group is. Ex- ex- expanding and extending and hopefully you know as uh, footballers you have such a big audience and uh, such a big platform uh, yeah to inspire other people and uh, give the teaching spread the word uh, and that's that's really what the group is all about so it's just little things so when you are in a group of players especially like me when I'm a captain for my team I'm a leader I try to inspire other people around me as well and uh, yeah, it feels like now it's working and people are listening and they're willing to hear the, the word of God so that's all uh, what's all about really that's William Troost Kong. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart looks ahead to the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. What well, to social media now, and last week we asked her how can CAF get Africans more excited about African football? Uh, the new CAF president, Patrice Motsepe, says he wants the game to grow as a business on the continent and how our own domestic leagues should excite us as much as watching European football. Uh, we should be able to enjoy watching African football on TV and going to the stadium to watch games. It all sounds good, but what do you think will make Africans more excited about African football? We had another great response this week, and here with the comments is Planet Sport Football Africa's Ephraim Tagu. Uh, thanks, Steve. And on WhatsApp, we start today with uh, Bizwek and Jekwa in Malawi. Africans will be excited about their football when the regional leagues start to do football as business like in Europe. Says Bizwek, how do you expect a player receiving $30, like in my country, Malawi, to be committed in the field of play? And Ronald B. Yanate, also in the Gambia, agrees, uh, for me, African football should work very hard to improve uh, the standard of our leagues and uh, tournaments. We should also come up with a new format for the African Champions League and partner with top channels like DSTV, who can televise our football matches, says Ronald. And uh, here now is Arinaitwe Emi in Uganda. I think the first thing is to boost the CAF Champions League, and then we need to have friendly games against the big international teams. 
here on the ground. I dream here of uh, seeing our Ugandan team KCCAFC host uh, Barcelona in a friendly match. Uh, can you imagine that excitement? Well, yes, Arenaitwe, I think we can. And Bakari Tamba in the Gambia also makes a point about uh, TV coverage. Uh, the African Domestic League is always uh, very interesting, says Bakari. Uh, but uh, going uh, by the matches uh, played in my country and in other parts of Africa uh, that I do watch on TV, it has a long way to go. More TV rights uh, should be uh, put in place uh, so we have access uh, to other games across the continent playing on match days. And we also welcome your voice notes here on Planet Sport Football Africa. And here's Ebrima Kante in the Gambia. The first thing CAF have to do is to make sure that all the member associations, their leagues are professional. After that, CAF should work with member associations to make sure that they have better infrastructures and also the marketing side. Mario Max is in South Sudan. Uh, to make African football more exciting, we need to mobilize resources and have accountability, says Mario. Africa is too corrupt, and with corrupt leaders, it is sometimes hard. Many African football clubs are lacking resources and are financially weak, and so there's no attraction for overseas players, says Mario. And he has another voice note now, uh, this time from Mohammed in Sierra Leone. For you to have the powers to develop the game in Africa, for the game to be more attractive to its people, you need the help of the central government. Because the FAs in Africa, they are not rich, they are poor. Especially, I am making a reference to my own country, Sierra Leone. Our FA is so poor, it does not have the financial capacity to attract the private sector, yes, we know FIFA does not want third-party interference, but the way these FAs are in Africa, they are literally poor. So because of that, they cannot do something extraordinary without the support of their central governments. Apollo Baji in the Gambia repeats a uh, point that uh, we've often heard before on the show. I think Motsepe should uh, first take every opportunity that comes his way uh, to put an end to the long conflict of ego interest within the federation, says Bolong. Once this is uh, done, there will be an avenue uh, that will be fruitful in bringing more excitement to the game in Africa. Yes, we've uh, heard that before, haven't we? Uh, the need for administrators and officials to be more transparent in putting the needs of developing football in Africa above their own personal interests. And John Mono in Zambia made a similar point when sending us a note about the failure of his country, Zambia, to progress through the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers. Our country has uh, politicized the administration of football in Zambia, says John. For over 10 years now, we are still making political decisions over the people who should be running our football. Uh, but our football is bigger than any egos. And if we are united and focus on the bigger picture, then our game will take us to greater heights in the days ahead. Ajere Koli is a women's football coach in the Gambia. The only way Africa can make things better is to focus on professionalism, says Jere. I believe that if things are taken care of properly, then Africa will produce world best players because we have the talent that is similar to Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. But if we don't pay them, well, they will take another direction and look for another job to get money.
And finally, here's Burang Sane in the Gambia. Uh, to make African football exciting, I think the facilities should be at a high standard. Uh, CAF needs to support the building of uh, proper stadiums to attract rising stars to play uh, their football trade in Africa. Uh, good wages for players is important too, uh, because uh, that's what makes most of our quality African footballers look for greener pastures elsewhere. Uh, so then, Steve, it's uh, interesting to see that uh, many of our correspondents uh, this week uh, make the same points, uh, that for Africans to be more excited about African football, we need to improve professionalism, retain our best players, develop our infrastructures, enhance TV coverage, and ensure that the game's administrators put the sport's interests above their own. Well, some great points there. Thanks, Ephraim. Lots of work there for the new CAF president, Patrice Motsepe, to do. And thanks to all who got in touch with us. Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. And the English Premier League is back this week, with Arsenal taking on Liverpool on Saturday in the big game of the weekend. And leaders Manchester City play away to Leicester. And Stuart club legend Sergio Aguero is leaving Man City at the end of the season. Well, yes, indeed, Steve. It's great to have the Premier League back. But um, may I disagree with you? I really don't think that Arsenal-Liverpool, 7th against ninth, can any more be regarded as the big game of the weekend. You know, how are the mighty fallen? But I will be fascinated to see how Leicester City can do at home to Manchester City. That's first against third. While City are 14 points clear at the top, should they lose to Leicester and then Manchester United win their game in hand, the lead would be cut to eight points and who knows, well... Assuming that the two Manchester clubs and Leicester City hold their positions, then we're left with Chelsea, West Ham, Tottenham and Liverpool all chasing one Champions League place, with just five points separating them at the moment and just eight or nine games to go. So this is really fascinating. And at the bottom, sadly it looks as if Sheffield United and West Brom are doomed, with either Fulham or Newcastle joining them. Well, Newcastle play Tottenham and Aston Villa are at home to Fulham this weekend, Two very important games again. Yes, as you say, Steve, Sergio Aguero has announced that he will leave Manchester City when his contract ends in the summer after 10 seasons with the Manchester club. He scored 257 goals in all competitions in 384 games. In the Premier League, he scored a goal every 108 minutes. That's just short of a goal every game. And, Steve, I know this has been worrying you, so I can tell you that he scored 185 goals with his right foot, 47 with his left, and 25 headers, 23 from outside the penalty area, and 42 penalties. And, Steve, if you didn't know it, his favourite opponent is Newcastle, against whom he has scored 15 times. Aguero is certainly up there among the best all-time Premier League strikers, but he's been a bit out of favour this season, only getting four starts, partly because Guardiola has sometimes chosen a team without an out-and-out striker. He's 32, but I think he's got a few seasons left, and it'll be really interesting to see where he finishes up. Sure. Well, amazing statistics, and what a goal-scoring record for Aguero. And uh, with betting on football having grown so much in Africa and around the world in recent years, uh, there are moves for clubs away from having betting sponsors on their shirts, Stuart. Steve, in 1976, Kettering Town, a semi-professional club in England, advertised a local business, 
Kettering tires on their shirts. But no one could have seen what a groundbreaking moment that was. Well, the Football Association immediately uh, reacted by banning shirt advertising. But 45 years later, shirt advertising can be worth up to $14 million per season for a club. And interestingly, the betting companies paying for adverts are not always targeting the UK, but often using the television audience to aim at Asian and Chinese markets where gambling is very popular. And the total income this season from shirt sponsorship by betting companies is estimated to be around $150 million. In the 2019-20 season, half the Premier League clubs had shirt sponsors from the gambling industry. This is reduced to 8 from 20 clubs this season and is likely to decrease further. There are two reasons why clubs are moving away from advertising betting on their shirts. One of the clubs, Aston Villa, said they wished to be a force for good in the community, adding that they didn't feel that a betting sponsor sat comfortably with the community projects they were involved in. Similarly, a season or two back, Everton changed from the betting firm Sport Pisa after shareholders at the club's annual meeting raised the same issue, saying that it was inconsistent with the club's commitment to social and mental health projects. And the second reason that shirt sponsorship by betting companies is on the decline is that it has already been banned in Italy and Spain, and the UK government is planning to publish proposals this autumn, which are likely to lead to a similar ban. Of the current 20 Premier League clubs this season, eight, as I say, have a gambling logo on their shirts. Four are sponsored by banks. Three are selling motor vehicles. Three promoting travel and tourism. And one telecommunication. That leaves West Bromwich Albion, who are sponsored by a firm which sells boilers. And believe it or not, the West Brom mascot is not a large furry animal, but a man dressed as a boiler. Uh, well, yes, I'm looking at that now. Uh, the West Brom mascot is dressed like a big rectangular white-coloured water boiler. And, uh, Stuart, we have the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League getting underway next Tuesday. Absolutely, Steve. And the four ties are all intriguing games. We have Manchester City against Borussia Dortmund, with City facing the Norwegian striker Erling Haaland that they are allegedly very keen to sign in the summer. Real Madrid play Liverpool two of the giants of European football, but neither in the best of form at the moment. Then there's Bayern Munich against Paris Saint-Germain, a repeat of last year's final, and then Porto against Chelsea. While the first three ties will be played home and away, both legs of Porto-Chelsea will be played in Spain because of COVID travel restrictions. And mentioning Chelsea, the men's team will have to do well uh, to equal the achievement of the Chelsea women who have just reached the semi-final of the Champions League. But there are plans to change the Champions League. Um, Champions League is so-called because originally it involved one champion club from each country in Europe. But then to make it more attractive to television and sponsors, the strong countries were allowed up to four clubs in the competition. But a radical revision is likely to be announced later this month to start in the 2024-25 season, which would involve a 100 additional Champions League games. Your guess is as good as mine, Steve, how we fit those into the fixtures. With clubs playing 10 group games rather than the current six, 
and then with an additional knockout round to get to the last 16. But a really controversial part of the plan is that some clubs which have not qualified from league position will still be invited into the competition because of past reputation or the cynic might say, their ability to generate revenue. What this means is that if, for example, a Real Madrid or Barcelona failed to finish in the top three in the Spanish league, they would still get invited into the competition. This change is bound to lead to more tensions between UEFA and national leagues. Finally, Steve, in case you missed it, Germany, four times World Cup winners, this week lost at home to North Macedonia, a country of two million people. Don't we just love football? Well, oh yes, because anything can happen in football. Thanks, Stuart. And before we go, it's a holiday weekend for some. And congratulations again to all the teams that qualified for the Nations Cup and commiserations to all those that missed out this time. Well, football, like life, is full of joys and disappointments. And this week, the Planet Sport Football Africa team is celebrating the holiday festival of Easter, when followers of Jesus Christ celebrate the joy of Easter Sunday, coming after the sadness of Good Friday. And whatever faith you follow, or none, the team here sends you our very best wishes for a happy Easter, and we look forward to bringing you all the news from the Nations Cup finals in Cameroon next year. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers and Ephraim Tagu in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.